this is a second part of the interview with Gunther Logeman from Microsoft. We talk about Roboverse platform and business cases which can be realized with this technology. Look around on this channel to find the first part. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure we can notify you about new content. You are listening to LimCore's podcast, pushing the limits of innovation and productivity in business and daily life. This is exactly the 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 the, the power of Roboverse platform, where you um, indeed can integrate the the robot itself, which cannot necessarily have to be a robot. It can also be an existing IoT device or your camera monitoring system where you simply plug and play through our uh, black box, right? And you keep your existing system running. And additionally, you add those AI features, for example, right? Because adding AI skills into our into the, the robots, for example, is as easy as uh, turning on a skill for your smart home speaker. Yes. However, I don't want to, you know, spoil too many features and too many news on, about our platform itself uh, for robotics. Because this may come in, uh, again on, on the stage, one of uh, Microsoft conferences. Just for a reference, this year, 2021, uh, we've been already at Microsoft Build. We've been at Microsoft Ignite. We've been at Microsoft Inspire, uh, where we show the use cases, when we give a couple updates, what we are doing with the customers, what we are doing also with Microsoft Germany. Uh, great use case um, about inspection on the cars. We've been at Microsoft Inspire where we're talking about our integration with one of our customers, um, Phoenix Contact, and their uh, smart billing system. Um, however, again, um, let's not spoil too much. It will definitely come more and more in 2022. Um, however, you know, 2021 for me is still not um, over yet. Um, and the time when we are recording this podcast is December, end of December 2021. Um, Gunther, um, can you can you tell the audience from your perspective what 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 robotic innovations which we'll announce in 2021 were interesting for you, or maybe not only robotics uh, features, not all robotics announcement, but you know maybe AI skills, AI um, components which are related for robotics are important for robotics. Yeah. So it's actually an interesting question because um, so when you were um, like in roboticist for uh, many years now and uh, you're working in this environment um, with a lot of partners, um, it's actually uh, the innovation um, is actually not that great, to be honest, right? To just be just completely open. Um, there, there are areas and changing um, people or the, the big change is really at the moment that robotics become more and more community and are really adapted in different user scenarios. And um, so there are a lot of technologies which are um, improving. And um, as I said, as we, we built a lot of components for this. We have built a lot of components for ROS1, for example. One of the, the technical change is really and people realize that we have to um, change things in the technology point of view. We really need to make sure that we have a better security level. Uh, we really need to make it easier to adapt those things, to build this into larger um, applications. And uh, one of the motion is really the, the whole ROS industrial move 
Um, so ROS2 is a big topic um, at the moment from the technical point of view. Uh, but there is also a lot of AI um, work. So a lot of new SLAM algorithms, a lot of new developments in um, working with um, um, different algorithms, for example, for all sorts of uh, navigation. Um, so from our mixed reality team, there was a uh, Linux um, SDK, for example, for Azure Spatial Anchors, what was demonstrated together with robots. So these are really big um, 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 announcements on, on really big developments. And then you see a lot of different um, uh, improvements on the hardware side as well, right? So make it easy, run really powerful AI models um, on devices. Um, for example, the NVIDIA platform is there, but also the AMD platform with uh, a lot of things. Our Onyx ROS node, what we have published, makes it easy to run AI models on in ROS stacks um, on different platforms, hardware accelerated or not. And um, so this, this is really, I think, the, the big news this year. Um, I mean, it's a long development, of course, and it takes it probably it's more to come and it's getting better and better. Um, but it's it's really, I, I think, the, the biggest news is actually that now robotics and especially mobile robots becoming more and more mature and there's more adaption in this. Yeah. And... Um, and especially when, when we work together, I mean, we see really the need of um, or the ask from customers where they really want to adapt these type of things. And it's not just POC anymore. It's real development where you can really put a price tag to the robot and to the solution and really create revenue or um, optimize your your manufacturing line or you even can have a real need for these type of robots. And for example, the inspection use case where we are working against mostly at the moment is probably one of the number one use cases at the moment where we have a lot of customers who want to do this, who need to do this um, because of reporting and things. And whereas in most cases, no real alternative Right, and um, I think that's that's from my point of view the the big news. And um, after yeah, almost yeah, I would say fifteen to twenty years um, working on these type of applications, um, it's it's a real change game changer that now this becomes reality and robots are really accepted in this environment and um, doing useful jobs and not just standing around and yeah. you get annoyed about those. <laughs> Let us give a couple examples, right, for, for, for the audience. Basically, um, even a spot like Boston from Boston Dynamics, many people say, okay, it's $100,000, right? But um, from for many cases, it is still, you know, the price tag of a company car sometimes, right? Yes. Um, so it's still not a high price tag. And especially when you talk about use cases, like, for example, uh, in the atomic power plants, which are about to be decommissioned, right? We've seen a lot of pictures from Chernobyl, where indeed, Spot from Boston Dynamics was tested, um, or other atomic power plants. You probably have seen on LinkedIn a uh, couple images, the, the spot being, you know, uh, put in the foil, like aluminum foil, um, to go through and do the inspection checks instead of 
sending people there, which is, you know, dangerous area there. And we don't want to get people hurt. Yeah. And I think this is this is really important, right? So um, whenever you think about using um, a robot in this application, you need, first of all, um, does it make sense? And you need to think about, does it really change something to your business model um, instead of just having a cool technical implementation? And this is where a lot of robotics companies, to be honest, and also we as um, platform builders, sometimes um, we are really driving this from the technical innovation point. But this, and this doesn't give you any market. It doesn't give you any um, use in the end because it will, in most cases, only lead into the situation uh, where you get in conflicts and competing um, between robots and humans, which have done the first the job in the same time, right? Or even better and faster and cheaper. Um, so a robot doesn't make sense um, in in this particular use case. Yeah, right? and, and yeah, and this is the main reason why we we started um, a cool offering for our customers with the name Robotics in a Day, where we come to the premises of the customer um, with uh, our robots, with, with Spot, with Magni, or a couple other stuff, with a lot of payloads. We bring uh, the newest payload from Leica, Leica BLK Arc. Um, to create 3D models, for example, to do the 3D scan with a, a laser camera. Um, and this is a cool day where, where the customer really sees, okay, what is in it feasible? What is possible? How does robots really work? Um, and then the fantasy um, starts working uh, on the customer side as well. And this is exactly the point we say, okay, now let's focus the most. As you have seen really on your own eyes, how it works, how, how it is also our Roboverse platform it's, itself, right? How, how robust it is, how generic it is, how universal it is. Now you can really focus together with us to define the business cases, how your processes can be automated. And to give you an example from one of our customers, right? We are talking about inspection of assets, um, a huge asset. Um, which normally to be inspected, uh, I mean, the walls it's, it, itself, because this is an asset which is moving, um, has to be done uh, by a group of six people for three months. Um, and what they are doing, they're basically eight hours a day go with flashlights um, and look after cracks. Cracks in the wall which are as small as a human hair. So this means those people um, have to rotate a lot. Why? Because, you know, human eye is getting tired fast and the robot instead will not get tired. Okay, maybe the battery will get low. So then he have to go back to the um, docking station to reload the batteries autonomously mm -hmm. and then start, go up and then continue the, 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 the inspection. And there, even using only a high quality camera, like for example, the PTZ cam, Pantil Zoom camera from Boston Dynamics, um, is already uh, giving you a return of investment um, on our customer in that case, right? Because then the robot will take only one week. Okay, it's not three months and it's only one robot and not a group of six people, right? And on the other hand, at the same time, the same robot can also capture much more data as a human would be, which means you can also not only attach cameras, but you can also attach thermal vision or 
3D laser scan um, payloads, like for example, Leica Bilky Arc or Leica RTC 360, right? Okay, there is an issue with changing uh, batteries, but it might be solved in the future. So those are the, the, the scenarios where a robot can deliver you more data at the same time as a human and um, do it fully autonomously without intervention of humans. Um, and um, at the price range, which is indeed uh, giving you revenue back uh, for your for your for your company. This is this is actually a perfect example for um, where a robot really makes sense, right? And um, um, there might be others which are not that um, prominent, um, and maybe even um, when you think about this twice, this um, it probably doesn't make sense. Right. So, for example, if you're talking about an, uh, a normal transportation robot, mm -hmm. which just moves things from A to B, um, there are tons of systems out there which are already doing this job. Uh, but when we're talking about um, fully autonomous uh, transportation systems, um, those are really difficult to set up. And especially if you're having a, a changing environment, uh, it becomes really difficult, also technically very difficult to calculate the path and even reach a certain amount of speed or just the efficiency of those robots can go down dramatically because you have to be very slow. Um, you don't have the capabilities to calculate everything. And this is it's actually a problem what you know from autonomous driving in, in streets, right? Um, so either you be extremely defensive uh, with your robot, so you are extremely slow, and then you're becoming very soon very ineffective in, for example, in a factory environment. And we see this with a couple of partners already where they just said, okay, we are not there. We can take an automation system like a standard um, delivery system which is running on tracks or um, have different uh, navigation capabilities uh, so you you can't be really effective with this uh, with this type of things or you have to change your environment to adapt to the robot um, so the robot can go really fast in in this factory for example um, and this is a very difficult trade-off where a lot of people think, hey, um, with AI, we can solve everything. But yeah. the reality, it's not, right? So the reality is still we are at the point where we have this problem that AI doesn't solve everything and where we have to still continue to improve the um, robustness of these, um, these systems to be really effective in this environment. And um, so for your... Um, use case where you have an environment the focus is really around make it easy to set up this robot make it easy to navigate the robot so everybody every worker can actually set up this robot to to perform this task what a lot of more people have done before and i think this is this is really the key and this is i think one of the the big benefit of your platform what we are de together developing at the moment to really solve this gap and to be honest we are not we are not solving the real i would say technical um challenges and improving ai models improving things we do this as well but we are for this first use case um, we are really optimizing the opter operations and optimizing lower the cost of operation 
by using these robots. And I think this this is really the key um, improvements. And this is also what I see the big innovation of this whole thing because um, it's not a technical innovation. It's more like how you integrate the robot, the existing robot, with existing technologies into um, existing use cases, which just get optimized. This is this is this is. I, I couldn't summarize it better. Couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Very complicated, and I'm not a native speaker, so it's uh, <laughs> sometimes a little bit confusing for me as well. <laughs> and 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 to close to, to close maybe the, this conversation about you know um, picking uh, goods from point A to B. Um, and autonomous systems also about this, right? Um, you, you will definitely find a lot of existing robots um, uh, for delivery food, for example. Um, there are different platforms for this, and our platform enables to also integrate those robots that they can work together, um, that those platforms can work interchangeably. Um, you will definitely see a lot of, you know, also Ubiquity robots as a platform, as a base, and then a lot of different uh, payloads to deliver your food in a restaurant, for example, or in a hotel. But again, it's a cool thing to to, to choose the right platform, which is you know costly attract uh, cost attractive. And yeah. then you need uh, also some some software which we can deliver to to manage your fleet. But talking about big you know um, trucks or big you know components bringing things from A to B, and I'm not talking about maybe things, but people. Um, I know if you heard about this, um, one of our reply companies, Autonomous Reply, is very successful in a pilot um, in delivering um, the autonomous shuttle buses uh, in um, a business park in, in Germany. It's called Gewerbepark uh, mm-hmm. in Regensburg, um, where those shuttle buses are delivering um, people already uh, from point A to B autonomously. However, and we think about autonomous cars, the first company which comes always in our minds is, of course, Tesla. Um, and to, to close our discussion, uh, you know, um, some, some, some interesting or funny, funny fact. Have you heard uh, that uh, Washington, Washington Post uh, wrote an article in Pennsylvania um, was a woman who delivered, who gave birth um, in their Tesla? Uh, it's pretty new, new, new topic. Uh, what do you think about this? <laughs> yes, it's of course very interesting. Um, I don't know what the reason is why um, why she's giving birth in the Tesla because it's probably too. It was probably driving too slow or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. But I think it should be <laughs> it should be the standard in the future. To be honest, <laughs> and uh, I I don't want to I. I I I personally believe that in in general, um, this whole autonomous driving, autonomous flying, we are still a couple of years away from this, right? And um, and um, so all the the promise was was made uh, with AI solves basically every every autonomous navigation problem and things like this. I think this is not the case, and um, you actually see. Um, um, also, that um, all the regulations around this um, is taking much, much longer than probably we have expected, right? So and you see this actually in in the drones. So 
a couple of years ago, we thought that um, our pizza will be delivered by drones in uh, maybe in 2022. And I don't believe this, right? So uh, I personally think there are use cases where it totally makes sense. Um, and uh, I was talking to a lot of companies uh, over the last year, actually, which are doing long range um um, drone flying and and delivery drones in certain areas, which totally makes sense. Um, but those are always corner cases, and the amount of regulations behind this to actually make this working is is huge. So I I would say uh, I don't want to become across so pessimistic, but <laughs> it's um, there's still a lot of work to do to actually um, make this real, and um, so. The focus on use cases, what we are doing to get together, for example, or on inspection use cases where you use drones in, in defined environments where, where a lot of regulations may not apply in the same way you do it if you're flying pizza to private homes. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's... Um, yeah, in summary, it's, it will just take a while. <laughs> I see we are uh, almost, you know, getting into political topics right now, you know, this never ending story about, you know, uh, Asian countries like China, Taiwan, EU and US where the, the chain works all, usually like this, that, you know, Asian countries, they're really uh, innovating and bringing something to the market. And then it comes to reality in EU, which firstly starts with regulations, which... Uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. But um, I mean, uh, one of my COVID hobbies was actually um, reactivating my pilot license again. And um, the amount of things you actually have to consider if you just take off a plane is huge. And um, so it's... It, it, took me a while and at a lot of technologies which are used in uh, even um, airplaning and um, piloting a plane, um, yeah. it's technologies which are almost 100 years old. Um, we are still on um, radio communications with voice. Mm. So, and there's really hard to interact and integrate these type of systems into the same air traffic control what is uh, present today. And this is just a very simple thing. And of course, to make the airspace safe and also all the other um, data compliance regulations around this, uh, but I think this is not even the biggest one. It's, um, it's just to make this safe that if you're flying things over your private home that is not crashed into something and who is insured and how does the insurance works and on all these these little tiny details, which are taking ages, right? And that's why I'm I'm always a little bit concerned that uh, we are talking about all the the nice technical innovations, but in the end, um, um, we are we have a lot of other challenges to overcome, which all even goes into as you said political things or responsive AI, where you really have to make a decision on where you want to crash into when you can't escape and things like this. So this is a lot of things which are which needs to be discussed and um, to really have a proper system developed.
Definitely. And and I hear and, and, and also the audience, Gunther is the right expert to talk about these topics because, um, you know, about, you know, drones or in general traffic control. Uh, Gunther, you are the owner of a pilot license uh, as well, right? I'm, I'm reactivating my pilot's license right now because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, but you were flying on your own, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Cessna or, or, or similar uh, airplane yeah. propellers. Um so I will uh, try to, uh, you know, s- schedule maybe a meeting with you s- one one upon a, uh, upon a time. But I still have a voucher received from my wife for uh, flying at Cessna, <laughs> indeed, and I can take one person as a as a as a visitor as a guest with me. And uh, my wife don't want to uh, even this she gave <laughs> this as a gift for me. So maybe there will be an occasion in spring. Tell me. Um, I will be uh, more than happy if you can be my guest and we can fly together in Cessna. Cool. <laughs> Should I fly or um, you don't trust me? <laughs> I do trust. <laughs> of, I, I can only be a side. I can I cannot be a, a main pilot. I can only be a co-flying uh, person. Okay, Gunther, thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you. I hope it won't be the last episode with you together because we have plenty of information talking about our platform, about use cases, possibilities in the robotic area. So stay tuned to the LimCore platform uh, on the website, on YouTube, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, depending where you are uh, hearing to this. And uh, Gunther, um, I wish you all best um, for the upcoming 2022. Thank you. And um, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to meet you again and um, talk to you next time on another robotics podcast. Thank you. You are listening to LimCore's podcast, pushing the limits of innovation and productivity in business and daily life.